Chasing It Outdoors, right here on the Chasing It Outdoors podcast. All right, welcome back to the Chasing It Outdoors podcast. And today we've got Nathan on the on the line here. Uh, Nate's going to take a little bit of time and tell us about a deer that he just he just killed um, and kind of what led up to, to this deer. And I'm pretty sure he didn't even know that deer was there. Um, he was actually hunting another deer and, um, and that deer just showed up. So, uh, Nate, how you doing, bud? I'm doing all right. How are y'all? Oh, pretty good, man. So, it sounds like I can hear you clicking back there on the keyboard. Uh, you're putting together the video for that hunt? Yeah, I am. And that's going to be on your YouTube channel, which is what? Southern Obsessed Outdoors. Southern Obsessed Outdoors. How long have you been doing the YouTube thing? Um, ah, a fairly long time, but I haven't really stayed with it. It's been kind of off and on. Um, I'll upload a video and then I won't upload one for eight months. So I haven't stuck with it like I should have. Got you. Got you. All right. We'll take a little bit of time and dive off into this hunt and, um, you know, kind of, I guess, start from maybe not the beginning of the year, uh, but, you know, early on and kind of tell us how all this came about. All right, so the past, I would say, two seasons, this season and the previous season, I've, I guess, guided more than I've hunted for myself. Um, you know what? Not to interrupt, but I did see you post that in the Facebook post that you made when you, you know, when you posted about this deer. Who have you been guiding? Well, it's not, I guess, you would say, guiding for customers or to make money or anything. It's mainly for just close family and okay. trying to put trying to put them on a deer that or trying to put them on a deer period. Either they've never killed a deer before or they haven't killed any kind of mature buck or never killed a deer with a bow or something like that. Um, <clears throat> but last year with my girlfriend was actually was a very successful year. She ended up killing three. Um one with a crossbow, two with a rifle, and killed her biggest buck ever. Um, she killed a, not no big deer by no means, but he was a 100, 105-inch eight-point. Then this season, I um, worked on trying to get my brother-in-law on one with his bow. He's never killed a deer with a bow before, and he had been working really hard hunting public land because he had no opportunities on any kind of private land to hunt and just never could make it happen. So I took him out to a piece of private that we hadn't hunted much and that I knew that I had some deer on and I knew I had a good bit of does in there. Well, <clears throat> I think we hunted a total of, I'd say eight times, maybe even 10. And in those eight to ten opportunities that we had went and hunted morning and evening we had four potential opportunities to kill a deer it just it didn't happen or it just the cards didn't line up and couldn't couldn't go through with it but he had gotten a little discouraged i told him just we'll 
take a we'll take a few weeks. You practice, and he had a busy work schedule coming up, and so so did I. So we gave the property a break, and um, I went and I had went and hunted three or four times, seen some deer, but I wasn't in there just trying to kill. Take that back. I wasn't in there trying to kill a specific deer because I didn't really know of anything that was out there at the time. We had some good deer early season, but nothing really showed up late season on camera besides two deer that we got two pictures of and never seen them again. Well, so I hunted a little bit, ended up moving trees, throwing up a saddle setup, and feeding up and getting some pictures of a pretty solid deer. I'd say he he may have only been three and a half. Um, no, which one was he, that? Was that was that, the double main? That was a double main bean buck. Okay, that's that's really the only deer that I because there was had two the deer over there that we were or you were kind of hunting. There was Beamer, which and then a, the double main beam. Beamer's a he's a looks like a basic or normal eight point. On yeah, he's a mainframe. He's a mainframe eight on his right side, and on his left side, he's a he's got a twelve to fourteen inch straight up main beam just a dagger that goes straight up and it's got a fair amount of mass and the mass the mass sticks towards the end of the beam and then the main beam the double main beam buck it's just another three and a half year old deer that was in the area um that yeah you would have shot if given an opportunity oh most definitely and it's not yeah he wasn't a super mature deer but the property was pretty much in some city limits. It was a small piece of property. It was also a, a piece of property that was going to be sold here it soon. It sold. I mean, it's, this year it winds it up over there. there yeah. The apartments come next year. Um. So if I knew that if that deer was to give me an opportunity, I was going to do whatever I could to make it happen. He was a, um, he had a, he was a double main beam on his left side with a curled drop time um and a split brow all the i guess all of his um non-typical was on his left side he was just a regular mainframe eight on the right side um but he was in there very frequently mostly middle of the day i'd have pictures of him at 10 11 o'clock and 1 1 p.m between 10 a.m and 2 p.m in the afternoon probably I don't know when he was in there a good bit, four to five days out of the week, which I only had pictures of him for a week and a half, two weeks, um, or four, about four or five days out of the week, he was in there between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. And I could never get in there to try and hunt him, make it happen. And on the day that I felt like I had some really good weather, we had a storm coming through with a south wind. I came in from a different side of the property. And didn't see him, seen a few does and a young buck, and that was pretty much it. And I didn't have pictures of him at all after that. Um, but about, I'd say a week later, because I hunted, I had hunted really hard for three days in a row. And I got in there and I hunted in the morning, seen some deer, hunted that afternoon, because it was Thanksgiving week. And me and Gracie were sick, and I was just getting over it, but I was still kind of contagious, so we didn't do any kind of Thanksgiving with any kind of family. 
So I hunted that Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning. Seen a lot of deer, just nothing that I wanted to try and kill. A lot of small bucks and a lot of does. Um, and then about a week went by. I gave I gave, a prop, gave the property about a two or three day break, and went in there, hunted Tuesday afternoon, seen them three does, and then that Wednesday afternoon I got in there. Didn't expect a whole lot. Um, got set up, got my camera set up, bow hung, air loaded, everything. And I was sitting there on my phone. I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention. And I had heard some squirrels barking over my left shoulder down the oak flat towards the other piece of property um, or the neighboring property. And I was kind of watching, but I wasn't really paying attention. And I just happened to look up and I can see that deer walking from my left to right across the oak flat. So I'm fumbling through my backpack, searching for my grunt call. Finally find it. I give him one just super loud, hard grunt. Just, I just wanted him to hear it. I, I don't even think it sounded like a deer. But <laughs> I just gave I just gave him a hard grunt. And he was behind a, tr a young, some kind of cedar tree. Um... So I couldn't really see him, but I could tell that he had stopped and looked my direction. I gave it about 15, 20 seconds, and I gave him two short, just kind of dominant-sounding grunts, not super loud, but just loud enough where he could hear it. And after that second one, he beelined it to me. And I had an idea where he was going to walk out at, but I wasn't exactly sure. Um, I had got I grabbed my bow and got my bow hanger pushed over because I had to get around the left side of the tree being in that saddle okay so you were out of the saddle yeah and being in that saddle made that so much easier i don't know if i would have been able to take that shot if i was in anything else but the saddle um so i grabbed my bow off the hanger and pushed my hanger out of the way because i had to get on the left side of the tree um pushed my camera arm all the way up against the tree and kind of got it set to where I felt like that deer was going to walk out at. Grabbed my rangefinder, and I was trying to range the area that I thought he was going to walk out at, and which is where he did. And I was shaking so much, it was very hard to get a exact yardage. I bounced between like four different numbers, but it was within like 32 and 35. So I put it on 33. He walked out um, behind behind a laydown tree, and there was a huge stump, probably about a six or so foot stump that was fairly big around that I couldn't wrap my arms around. Um, and he walked out and was just behind that. So the back of his lungs to the back of his body was covered by that stump. So all I could pretty much see is the center of his lungs and forward. And he was, I think he was about 35 yards because he was just behind the spot that I had ranged. When I came around the tree, he walks out, stops behind the stump. I draw and I pretty much put it on his shoulder because that's for the most part what I could see. And I felt like that with my setup, I could punch through that front shoulder, get double long, maybe, maybe not have an exit hole, 
but it but get double long and if it stays in them it stays in them and that's pretty much exactly what happened it buried through that front shoulder bottom double long top of the heart and hit his offside shoulder when it when i shot him i watched it go in but i didn't think it went in as far as it did because the arrow was sticking out or the majority of the arrow was sticking out of him and as soon as i seen the shot and i seen him turn and start running away and he hit against a tree and broke my arrow off i was very discouraged because it didn't look good from my perspective i was like oh man that's not good i barely got through that shoulder maybe got one lung but that deer could possibly live with one lung with one lung hit um so i took about 15 20 minutes and i packed everything up i climbed down i walked to the impact spot and there wasn't much blood at all on the ground where he was standing but i went to where he broke my arrow off and there was a whole lot more arrow in him than i expected there was i would say there was probably 10 inches of arrow in him and where he broke my arrow off is where he started bleeding and he was bleeding really really well so i got i guess i got my hope up, hopes up a little bit and i felt a little better about it um I backed out of there and went up to Shiver, put the SD card from the camera in the computer and watched the footage back. Everything, I mean, it wasn't as good as I thought, but at the same time, it was a little better than I thought. Um, Mm -hmm. The shot was a little far forward. um, And it didn't sound like it hit shoulder from when we were watching it. No, that's one of the things that I noticed early on. Um, with watching that video that you know he that deer ran by a tree and broke the arrow off and uh that sound that come from the arrow being broken by the tree was way louder than the the sound of the arrow hitting the deer and yeah to me that and- stood out a lot and that's why i told you then you know either that's really good or that's really bad. It's really it's really bad if it hit him far in the neck and didn't hit anything anything hard. But it's really good if it snuck in just a little further back than it looks. And if that's the case, then you got in there where there's some good stuff. And ultimately, yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. And see, when we were watching the video, when everything happened so fast that I didn't think about zooming in. Because, I mean, that deer was at 35 yards, which is not far at all. But with the camera lens that I'm running, um, it doesn't zoom in a ton at its fixed position. It's 18 to 105. Um, and I needed to zoom in just a little bit for you to fully be able to see everything and see what happened. And we went back and put it on the computer and watched it. You can't really see a whole lot. Um, so it you you couldn't really tell if it hit him in the neck, hit him in the shoulder, or hit him low, hit him high. I mean, you could tell, but you couldn't. You couldn't give an exact, all right, it hit him here, and that deer is either alive or dead. But I think in total I gave him about an hour, a little over an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. My brother-in-law, he showed up, and we started tracking. We went to where my arrow had broken off, and we took off from there. How far and, from the shot did you did you find the deer? Right at a hundred yards. And when I shot him, um, I was listening 
platform run off and everything. I thought I heard him crash, but I wasn't so sure just because of how much air was sticking out of him. And I finally got single lung. More than likely, that deer's not running 100 yards and falling over dead as a hammer like he did. Single lung, he, he can tote it pretty far. Well, so in my mind, that's what I was thinking. Okay, single lung, that wasn't him crashing. That was just him running through some thick stuff. But that is what happened is he took off and went about 100 yards and folded up. But so we get to tracking, and I'm finding really good blood. I've got blood waist high on trees, just sprayed up against trees. Um, good thick spots on the ground where you can tell it's just pouring out of them. And I think I go by five or six trees. It's got blood neat, waist high on it. And it's, and it's not like just one trail of blood. Um, I didn't have an exit hole, so it would only be on one side. It was just, it was sprayed out. I'd have blood in three to four foot radius where it sprayed out either out of the entrance hole or out of his mouth and nose. Well, so we ended up finding the deer and the shot ended up being pretty much exactly like I, like it looked. Center of the front shoulder is a little lower than I thought, which ended up being bottom of the lungs, top of the heart. That's um, how you had so much spraying. Yeah. And coyotes ended up getting on him. Um, I walked up to him, and you can see it in the video, too. I walked up to him, and I could see something like bottom of his gut right next to his hip. I'm like, what in the world is that? Is that some kind of cancer? When I walked up and looked at it, it's, it's actually gut hanging out of him where coyotes had just got on him and started tearing at him. But they wasn't on him long at all. But we get the deer drug out, and we take some take a few pictures. They get a little bit of footage, and we get them drug out, which was a tough drag. <laughs> it was fairly fairly flat ground, and we didn't have to go through a ton of thick stuff. But that was a big old body deer. He was Dragon heavy. Deer always shows just how far how much you're out of shape. Oh yeah, he was very heavy. With me and Sam, I mean, it didn't take us 45 minutes to get him out of there, but I was saying we probably sat, we probably stopped and sat down five or six times. <laughs> that deer, he was a horse. Yeah, I was a little bit wore out. Yeah, antler-wise, he ain't, he ain't no giant by no means, but he was he's definitely a, deer. he was definitely an older deer. Um, Got to talk to a few people and talk to the guys at the processor, and we all, came to the conclusion that he's probably a four and a half year old deer and about 190 on the hook. Uh, he's a big old body deer for sure. Mm -hmm. When do you think you'll have that video edited and, and posted? Um, I'm on the tail end of it right now. There's some things that I need to go in and just work on a little bit. Some just small things that I've got to fix and do a little bit of effects and sounds and stuff like that. I may, I, I, there was, there was some footage that I didn't get. So I may end up having to do some. I think we lost you.
Well, I think we lost him. Um, that's pretty much the the interview there with with Nathan and uh, the story about his deer with uh, you know this hunt. This oh, there you are. You're back. Yep. Yep. Right, yep. So My give me a second. What we're gonna do is I'm gonna splice this out, and then we're just gonna treat this as a video, and then you can kind of jump back in um, whenever you're ready. After now. All right. Go ahead. You're good. Good. Uh, no, so I didn't really get a lot of footage. Um, between the time that I seen the deer and I grunted at him and the time that I shot him, I'd say it's about 30 seconds or so. It was just bam, 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 and happened very fast. It was the first time in the past two deer seasons that I've really seen a mature deer that I wanted to shoot. And possibly was going to get a shot at him. I wasn't even worried about the camera at the time. Um, <laughs> I can relate to that one. Been there and done that. Like this year, I, that was the first deer that I'd seen, first mature deer that I'd seen a person all season. Um, and last year, all the mature deer that I had seen from the tree were either deer I couldn't shoot because I was at somebody's property trying to shoot, or shooting does for them or whatever it may be. Um, so he came out and I was hoping to get a shot opportunity. So I wasn't really worried about the camera at the time. No, the camera went out the window when you, when yeah. you realized it was a deer that you wanted to shoot. And like, I was, that's why self, I, everybody said it so much and self him so hard and everything. And I didn't expect it being to be as hard as it was, but since I've been doing it for the past two years, self filming is a whole lot harder than some people make it out to be. Um, filming is extremely difficult. There's a lot that goes into it that people don't realize. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you're you're toting gear to the tree. Just a, I mean, no equipment, no self filming equipment, you know, in there. If you're if you're just bow hunting, you're toting stuff to the tree, potentially a stand, you know, ozonics, whatever. If you throw self filming into the mix. And you just added several more minutes of setup. Oh yeah, I would say it takes time. another. I would say it takes another ten to fifteen minutes to get set up when you throw a camera, camera arm, microphone, batteries, all that stuff. I mean, and not including the weight. I mean, there's just there's so much more that goes into it that that people don't realize. I, I, for one, didn't realize either. I mean, there's more movement going on when you're moving the mm -hmm. arm, you know, trying to film this deer or whatever. But I'm not going to lie. I love it. I, I'm absolutely eat up with it right now. Now, that may change in six months. I may decide that the work ain't worth the reward. Uh, yeah. But right now, I'm enjoying it. And that's part of the reason why, you know, I've ventured into this whole podcast thing. Um, going to see where it goes now. You know, I don't expect to have a real big following, and that's okay. Um, that, that, that's perfectly okay with me. I just like sharing my passion with others, and this is this is one of the ways that I get to do that. So we'll see where it goes. Nathan, I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on today and kind of telling us the story of your latest hunt. Um, really looking forward to the video once you get it posted and. and and being able to watch it, fortunately, you being being my my offspring, my dude, I, I kind of got to 
be a part of that more than the average listener and that's something i'll never forget and i'm extremely appreciative to have been able to be a part of but and i'm really proud of you and congratulations on you dear and thank you for taking the time to coming on to the uh chasing it outdoors podcast brought to you by the guys here at chasing it outdoors any and every time you get a chance to hunt something y'all get outside y'all chase it chase it with a passion have a great day